ready to do this thing? No, but go ahead. Yeah, we're already recorded anyway. Welcome yeah, back to the sure. Project Gen X podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alan Smith, along with... I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And I'm Barry! And on this episode, you know what? Actually, no. Uh-oh. Um, oh, Lord. I have prepared a statement. <laughs> Dave, get comfy. I'm going for coffee. Yeah, Call me when he's say. done. <laughs> um, and, and needless and legitimately what you're hearing from Dave and Barry right there, they have no clue about this one. I have not spoken about it. and But it's something that I has happened recently that I'm like, all right. Oh, boy. Put your seatbelt on. Uh-oh. Here we go. <clears throat> and I wrote this down because... <laughs> I didn't want to get sidetracked, and I wanted to stay on this as, as, as uh-huh. best I could. So here it is. Like I said, I have re- I have prepared a statement. Okay. <clears throat> Wait. I, the statement reflects only the opinions of Alan Smith. Yes. Not necessarily of the podcast. Yes. We'll see about that. <laughs> I have been an avid listener of podcasts since early 2006. Mm-hmm. I've been a podcaster myself since mid-2008. I consider myself to be well above average in my knowledge of pop culture, both current and from previous generations. And here at Project Gen X Podcast, we cover a wide range of topics ranging from the late 70s through today. And in vetting what we cover, there is one rule that I hold above all others. Know what you're talking about. That rule doesn't necessarily mean that we are always 100% correct about any given subject, but it is the minimum baseline for each episode. Although... We were all born in the 1970s. That does not mean we experienced that decade. Yes, there are certain movies, television shows, and trends that we do remember from that era, but not yet being in grade school when the decade ended does not mean we were engaged with the world that was. This is why most of what we talk about centers around the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. We were all aware of our surroundings and old enough to really start forming our own opinions about what we liked and disliked. Yes, there is pop culture from earlier decades that we were exposed to and may love because of endless reruns or our parents and other older relatives told us about what they experienced. But we were not there and therefore do not have the lived experience of those eras. So we do not cover those things. By now, I'm sure you're all wondering, where is this going? (laughs) Yeah. Can we buy a vowel? Let me lay it out for you. I'm aware that most of our meager listenership is of a similar age as the three of us. And what I am about to say may only fall on ears who mostly will agree, but it still needs to be said. For the past 15 plus years of listening to podcasts, watching television retrospectives, and sitting through the documentaries about the times I lived... They have all been infected with millennial and sometimes Gen Z douchebags who may may have been alive when these events happened, but they did not experience what happened. If you were born in 1984, you do not know what the 80s were like. Yes, you may have seen a few of the movies. Yes, you may have watched reruns of the television. But no, you did not know what it was like to be there because you were still dependent on your mom to wipe your ass and not anywhere close to having the cognitive ability to understand what the fuck was going on. I'm sure you believe you know everything because the boomers and elder Gen Xers who birthed you have told you that you're right about everything since the first day you emerged from the room. Sorry to bust your bubble, little snowflake, but you're not perfect. Since podcasting really took off in the the 2000s, I have listened to an innumerable amount of self-absorbed, self-righteous, and all-around intellectually bankrupt cropped of entitled children read Wikipedia pages or quote whatever they saw on social media 
as proof positive that they are experts on the happenings of events past. I have often said that the biggest problem with these younger generations is that they lack a sense of history. So maybe I'm being a bit hard on them for them trying to learn. But there is a difference between learning history and reciting data. Wikipedia, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Snapchat, and whatever other memed source being used is not fact. It's conjecture. Simply reading or memorizing a fact is not intelligence. I know I sound like an old man yelling at a cloud right now, and I'm fine with that because The Simpsons was Gen X as fuck when it was still a good show. The reason I am saying all this stems from something I experienced recently on a much smaller level, and it has been grating on me since it happened. There is a local podcast network, local to Nashville, whose shows are infested with not only millennials, but also a shit ton of quote-unquote new Nashville transplants. All my life, this town has been very transient. There are very few of us who have been here our whole lives, and that's something I have learned to live with. But these new Nashvillians that host the majority of these shows have not been here long enough to give an informed opinion about the Nashville that I grew up in. Just like I cannot do the same for the Nashville my parents knew in the 1960s. And there is no amount of research through newspaper archives or historical texts that will put you on lower Broadway in the 1980s to experience what a complete cesspool it was. But all that real world experience aside, let's just talk about basic composition. At the very, very least, get stuff like names, dates, and pronunciations correct. These are fairly well-produced podcasts with some kind of budget that can't get the names of rides at Opera Grand right or what attractions were built when. I know that country music older than Luke Bryan's underwear isn't really your thing, but show enough respect to ask someone how to pronounce the last name of country music Hall of Famers who did more during their time on the charts than you will do in your entire lives combined. I know all of that is very specific to me and the town I live in, but it can all be extrapolated out to the mass pop culture environment where the likes of HBO spends millions of dollars on a documentary about Woodstock 99, but then populates it with a bunch of people who weren't there and weren't anywhere near old enough to have gone in the first place if they were alive at all. Now that I've said all this, I will concede that a compromise can be made. Make all the media you would like about the things you know, like Firefest, Family Guy, or the 2016 Ghostbusters remake, and we'll tell the story of Woodstock 99, The Simpsons, and the 1984 classic that is Ghostbusters. And one last thing. To the local podcast network, you may think you own this town, but we still own the deed, and we ain't selling, so watch your back, kids, because we're coming for you. So Okay, there's a story story. here. There's a story here. You're going to have to give us some Yeah, we will talk. We will talk. Dude. I don't think I've seen those veins pop up in your forehead like that. That blue vein coming out the side of your forehead, it was throbbing. I was incensed listening to this crap. And it was all being told by someone who moved here in the last 15 years who was trying to tell a story from a time when he wasn't even born who had never been here. <laughs> okay? And I was just like, and you're, and money was put into this. This is fucking stupid. So, 
But it does. Like I said, it extrapolates out to all, all kinds of stuff. You know, part of the reason that, you know, I wanted us to do this and the reason why we changed the name to Project Gen X is because we were talking about the things that we lived. Right. That we came up yeah. with that we saw. We had boots on the ground for all of it. And everything that I had been hearing prior to that, for the most part, you know, the GXG guys aside, because they're in they're, here with us, yeah, you know, they're brilliant. The, but they're most th- of what I was hearing was all these millennials talking about stuff that literally they were just going to the Wikipedia page. And I still hear this in a lot of podcasts and they're just reciting what's on there. And it's like, no, you don't know what you're talking about because you weren't there to experience it. You know, and that's just, it's bullshit is what it comes down to. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Gen X is tired of it is what it comes down to. (laughs) There's a shocker. There's a shocker right there. I I mean, I'll say this, you know, I don't necessarily share 100% of your point of view on this, Mm -hmm. but I get it. I get it. I do feel like there is a glossing over of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. There is a sugarcoating of a lot of things. There is a lot of rewriting of history. Oh, yeah. Is what's oh, yeah. No doubt about to. that, too. But also, you know, I, I think that there's also a big misses. And that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of glad we did the the whole, you know, retro summer thing, because that allowed us to kind of go back and touch on some of the things that you don't hear people talking about right. anymore. That were huge, huge elements on our growing up, you know. And we uh, even sacrificed some of our own beloved children. Yeah. I mean, yeah. oh, and, yeah. You know, and like we said in last week's episode, you know, we... You know, I had put that intro together and had that clip from Stand By Me and then realized this isn't our movie. No, yeah. It may have some of our beloved actors in it, but that is not our movie. No, that is no, our parents. parents' movie. That's a it's boomer movie. Yeah, and that's one of those things. That's why we'll never cover that. We'll never cover Forrest Gump. We'll never cover a lot of stuff that are boomer-centric because right. we weren't there. All we have is what we saw in the movie. That's it. Yeah. We weren't there to know what the context was for a lot of that. And that's the biggest thing is context. No, I, I can't. Context has everything to do with all of this stuff i mean us talking about the big chill would be the same thing as yeah like, exactly you know, some 20 year old that's talking about the crow and know? like i have said many times on here when, when the big chill comes up that movie soundtrack or that movie does not deserve the soundtrack that it has i agree i mean that that movie is boomer bullshit and you know it's a bunch of boomer bullshit navel gazing is all it is how, look how cool we were look how cool we were not that gen Fuck x off. doesn't have its own navel we do no, we do yeah we do but absolutely. it's just you know, and I get it. I mean, I all right trying to be Mister Diplomato. No, I mean the whole generation. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. No, our whole generation is boomers, half, okay. half based off of navel gazing and smoking clove cigarettes and trying to figure out how introspective we yeah. are. He's not wrong He's until not we wrong. put two fingers in the air and said, "Fuck it, we're going over here." Yeah, <laughs> and then it's <laughs> done and done. I, I'm just saying we're we're guilty of some of the stuff that you brought up too. So now that we're 11 minutes into this and have not talked about our, haven't even said what subject we're going to be speaking I, on this. Well, this time I, I think before, uh, before we do that i want to throw something out to our listeners here because I, I i think you raised a lot of valid points on this and a lot of you know interesting ideas to move forward on it we want to hear you know back from you guys on this as far as what you think about how some other we won't just say podcasts we'll say shows you know tv shows movies whatever how they're doing retrospectives of our era okay and are they doing it right i know 
did did you watch? I know you did. You watched uh, Trainwreck. Yes. The, what was stock ninety nine? Yes. The the, the uh, Netflix docu series three. They did a great job on it because they had is that people the who new were one act, or is yeah. that the one that the came? New no, no, no. I haven't seen. The they new had one. people who were actually there. Yeah. That they talked to and they were scared to death. Yes. Going and it was, on. it was great because everybody that they, for the most part everybody they talked to was there whether they performed whether it was like a non was there, there or you know or they worked there or were just you know yeah. you know whatever. You go back and watch that HBO documentary. It's, oh, a bunch it's of ta- It's a bunch of talking heads who were like going, well, you know, it's so terrible the way that this happened because, and insert whatever social justice bullshit from 2022 you want to put in there. Okay? And it's like, no, you have to understand. Yeah. What, that was a completely different time and place. What was the world and like in 99? Exactly. You know, what was going and, on? What was acceptable? What was and, not and acceptable? What I, and, and what we really don't need is a bunch of you know people who were not there, who do not know, trying to tell us what happened. Well, and that's well, the biggest that's the, the biggest issue I have with all of this. The the thing that I picked up out of your little diatribe was rant rant diatribe whatever <laughs> is the two things that you kept hitting on over and over in different words were real life experience mm-hmm. and yes. context yes. Mm-hmm. real life experience and context which is what the world doesn't do a whole lot of right now no no it's, it's a all lot about of, sound bites and headlines that's all it is well, it's you about know, it's a, about keyboard warrior and right. sound bites well, right and, and I'll, I'll and people don't even yeah. try to have conversations anymore no. it's about how do we get the best soundbite for they what have we quotes see. to be. They don't, they don't have soundbites that quotes. One hundred percent honest with everyone who is still listening to us. I'm sure we probably <laughs> lost somebody at some point. It's one of those. But the three of us sitting here, we are all different points of the political spectrum. Oh, absolutely, okay. <laughs> absolutely. You know, and it's one of those things where you know this again. This, uh, yeah, you know, this was my. But this really has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with history, right? You know, and I am a huge fan of history. Huge. I mean, like, con- like I mean, we're living. The, we're living know, through a huge bit of history right well, now. No kidding. With Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. yeah. Whether you know, no matter what your feelings are on either side of her, you're seeing the changeover of a monarchy. Which, I got, I, yeah, and I get a that. Cool piece. Of and history. I'll say the same yeah. thing about that that I said about when William and Kate got married, and when Harry and and Meghan got married, and it's like. Didn't we fight a war like 200 years ago so we ain't got to worry about this shit anymore? Yeah, but just to think that that, <laughs> I mean, it's that like... <laughs> woman was alive to survive through 54 different starting quarterbacks for the Cleveland Browns. Well, there you go. You know, I mean, come on. Yeah, but that could happen I mean, in like a two-year period. Fair, so. <laughs> fair point. Well, I, it's just, it's really cool to me because in my lifetime, I've now seen a pope die and a, and a pope receded. Yep. Um, I've now seen a monarchy f- turnover. Yeah. We may end up seeing. We've another. seen several monarchies turn over. Well, I mean, this scale. I'm talking about I mean, great, not, not British, yeah. but I but I get it. I'm talking yeah, about in, Great Britain, right? Yeah. You know, old Ironsides and all that. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, and I'll say this, and, and you know, I again, ninety five percent of what you said, I am one hundred percent, you know, right on board with you. I have never had a problem with somebody that wants to look back on history and give their point of view and their opinion on what happened. As long as they're stating it based off of the facts that are there, you're allowed to have an opinion on it. You're allowed to have a point of view. You're allowed to say, man, that sucked, and that would never happen but today. But you also need to, when There's you a difference, do though. that, you need to say, I was not there. This is me looking at it through 2022. Well, glasses. there's a difference between stating there was this is what happened. There was none of that in what and I'm And telling the about. story. Right. And I think that's what you were talking about. Don't try to tell me the story of something that you didn't experience. Right. Don't try to tell me the story of something that you weren't there knowing the sights, the sounds, the smells, the tastes, all those other kinds of mm-hmm. things. Because I'm going to look at you going, how would you know? But again, like I said, this 
podcasts that I was listening to. The, the several different podcasts I listened to, several different shows on that network to yep. kind of get a taste of what was going on across there. Yeah. Right. Obviously, there's some money behind this. Okay. Yep. They all had factual errors, problems with <laughs> pr- pronunciations. I mean, just dates wrong, all kinds of, where I'm like, okay, now I want to say this. This is coming from somebody who was born and has lived in the same house in Nashville his entire life. Yes. I get that. But this here's is com- the thing. No, no, no. No, let no, 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 listen no you let me if, finish. Hey, hey, hey. Stop where you are and you let me finish. This is coming from somebody who has, was born here and has lived in the same house in Nashville his entire life. We're talking about another guy that was born here and has lived here for the majority of his life. True. I wasn't born here. I but moved you've in. you've lived here the majority of your life. But I've, I've lived here for... You're Nashvilleian by proxy. You are. Here. I mean, yeah, you've I, been here 30 plus years, okay? Yeah. yeah. So it's so one of those things. That's some of the a stories, little different. Some of the stories, I don't know. So right. I've got and to defer to these guys and on. You know what? And there's not but, a problem with but that, though. But you want to talk about the fa- the taste, the smell, the feel. You know, the you know these guys know it because they lived here and right. they know what well, it was Well, it's not like. just that, but even like, because at least you have three decades worth of experience here. Yeah. Right. To, to be and around can, and, to, and to absorb, not just to go to some of these places that don't exist any longer or whatever, but also just... Just taking in the culture of Nashville, of what was going on at this time in yeah. this place, to know, hey, there's more to this story than just black and white, whatever, you know. There, yeah, there was somebody who's trying to spin one narrative over here, and somebody over here is trying to spin another narrative, yeah. and you kind of have to figure out which one is in the middle. One of the things that I'm really, that, like I said, going back to the whole, like, the grammar of it all and stuff is like, look, yeah. if you're going to make a concerted effort to talk about fanfare... Okay, which is something that came up in one of these podcasts. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's now called CMT Fest, but go ahead. Eventually it became that, but yeah, but it was still a CMA Fest. CMA yeah. Fest, excuse me. Um, but it's one of those things that when you're talking about the people that were there, don't tell me about Jeannie Frick. Oh, oh, that hurts my soul. That hurts my soul. That's a very, that that yeah. is something that was said. It's like, no, it's Jeannie Fricky was the woman's name, who yeah. is a country music hall of famer. Yeah. Okay. A legend. If you cannot get basic stuff like that, look, that's easy. Go ask somebody, how is this pronounced? Yeah. Go look it up. Do something, you know, but they didn't even go that far. And that's one of the things that, and I hear that all the time, not just the stuff that's this Nashville centric, but stuff that somebody's talking about something and they completely get names incorrect and I'm talking about podcasts that get much, much, much bigger numbers than we do. That I'm just there going, you're a fucking moron. Okay, well, well it's just and, and it's, it's, it's how the natives, it's how the natives determine who was here yeah. and who was not, and who's a germ and who's not. Well, it's it's all of you know. It's it's funny we're talking about. It's this. all of how you pronounce Lebanon. True. <laughs> if someone says, "Yeah, I was just up in Lebanon," I'm like, "So you were in the Middle East? Okay, yeah, cool. There you go. No, no, no. Was it that city out there past? No, that's Lebanon. It's no, not Lebanon. No, it's I don't Lebanon. even. I don't okay? even correct <laughs> them at this point. If they call it Lebanon, I just look at them and go, "Oh, bless your heart." Yeah, I know, yeah exactly. Yeah. We know you've been here a very short amount of time. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, again. This is not to say that we hate we hate newcomers to Nashville. This is not to say you know anything. You can say that. Well, you know, (laughs) and people make mistakes. We understand that. You know, nobody is perfect on this. If you flub a line, God knows He's done it. It happens. It it happens. And we're not going to sit there and you know. But when you do it continually, well, it's just it's not that we don't hate newcomers. We hate newcomers that come in and don't try to 
assimilate into the culture here and appreciate what's Don't, here yes. and the history that's yes. here. Right. It's the ones that yes. want to come in and tear everything down and build and make, tall and skinnies. We yeah. don't need to become Los Angeles. We don't need to become Which Austin. Which is also a very good analogy for the transition from Gen X to Millennials. True. It's, hey, we did this thing. We did something really cool. Why is it that you want to come in and just completely pave over top of it and and claim it as your own? You know, and, and claim a, a pave over top of what we did, build something on top of it that's not nearly as cool, and then act like you know you won the Super Bowl, which goes into what we're going to be talking wow. about today. So it's <laughs> wow, Dave, we are in the presence of greatness. Even I couldn't have segued like that. We are going to be talking about football today. Dave is gobsmacked <laughs> over here. I, I have no words. <laughs> Actually, before we get into that, I do have one more thing. Of course he does. No, no, no. We, have, we, we might as well but, just keep, but keep Dave, going with we this. Have, we have an email. Oh, uh, we got an Chad, email. Chad has emailed us again. Hi, Chad. Hey, Chad. Um, it says here, it says, uh, I'm, he's like, hey, it's, it's addressed to me because I, you know, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, but it came through our project, yeah. our uh, um projectgenxpod at, at gmail.com which you can send it and we will read your emails please you send them to us please send them to us uh, he said I'm the person you guys didn't think exists existed I don't know what it is but I have never liked the Goonies what oh no hold on Chad said, say I was, it ain't so I was 13 or 14 when it came out so in the so in the right, right age, age range I did see it in the theater I saw it on VHS probably at the sleepover or something I've watched it a few times as an adult I've been trying to figure out why this movie is so beloved and I still haven't hey you know what everybody has you know everybody's wrong about something <laughs> <laughs> And as, we just lost uh, Chad no, no, as a listener. Oh, no. As I, no as, we lost as for E.T., I actually walked out of the theater, which is now a Coles, but we, but this is funny, he says, which is now a Coles, but we too have a movie theater that is now a church since we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. And played video games in the lobby until my family finished the movie. I was 10 or 11 when it came out. I just thought it was really stupid. I've seen the full movie several times and still don't like it. And to this day, I don't eat Reese's Pieces. Yes, I pronounce it the way it's written. I hate when people call it Reese's Pieces. PCs. We love Chad. Yes. yes. All right, you're back on our good side. Back on the good side. Not just because E.T. liked them, but the fact that they are terrible and a reason why Chad oh, and I are becoming uh, best friends. So, uh, well, you know. uh, Oh, and I don't like the way he looks. To be honest, he looks he looks rather phallic. I can see that. I, well, we, well, we, we covered that, about you know. Yeah. It's like, uh, I like did, a scrotum. He said, I did have the E.T. Atari game, though. My grandparents got it for me and my cousin that Christmas. It was terrible. He's like, I fell in that pit and couldn't get out. Awful. The documentary about the game is far better than the game was. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, On a more positive note, the Chippendale movie was a lot of fun. Definitely worth watching, especially if you have the Disney streaming service. Tons of nostalgic references throughout. uh, And in fact, I think I need to watch it again. I feel like I missed a bunch of them. And then he, he ends it with, feel free to tell me to unsubscribe from the podcast if this is too <laughs> no. controversial of opinion. Chad. You know what? And I wrote him back, and I was like, no need to unsubscribe. I did not expect to like E.T. or Goonies as much as I did, but it happened. We have an episode coming up on Labyrinth talking about you know, And I told him it was always good to hear about him. And he went on to say, I love Labyrinth. Bowie at Madison Square Garden was my first concert, so he's kind of special hey, to me. nice. By the time this is read, you 
people have heard our episode of, of Labyrinth and the 37 references to all of David Bowie's stuff. That's yeah, that was a nice touch with the bell, by the <laughs> you way. You like that? Yeah, that yeah. was good. Uh, <laughs> way, way to edit that in. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, he said, anyways, I was only kidding about unsubscribing. I like to listen to these kinds of episodes to see if you bring up anything that may change my mind. That hasn't that wasn't the case here. I guess at 51, I'm pretty set in my ways with what I do and what I, what I don't like. You know Fair. what? All Fair. of us are. 40, all three of us are set in our ways of what we do and don't like. Yeah. And I Fair. fully admit it. And you can tell from the rant that I just did a little earlier how set in my ways I am. So. <laughs> well, Chad, thank you for the email. Absolutely. Yeah, and like I said, thank you. anyone who's listening, if you have... If you're still if, listening if after you, that rant. Well, you know. It's not the first one of my rants that they've sat through and it won't be the last. So. <laughs> but yeah, please... Go to our, you know, send us an email, send us a message on absolutely. Discord. You know. Hey, Chad, come over and join us on Discord. Absolutely. Yeah, man. absolutely. Love That's to have a, you. Love to have you. Uh, so, we have a lot of fun over there and we get a lot, there's a lot more interaction. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, so football. <laughs> now that we are 24 <laughs> minutes into this thing. Are you ready for some football? <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, quick funny thing. Uh-oh. Back in 2010. Yes. Okay. Um, my, before I, I married my ex-wife mm-hmm. um we were it was halloween weekend and she's a makeup artist so she was doing some stuff for somebody you know and i went with her okay and these these people that she went to it was these two older guys and these two much younger women that one of them was married to the other one was just dating right the youngest of which they were playing they had you know xm playing or something yeah. and um Joan Jett's I Hate Myself for Loving You came on and she goes, isn't this the Sunday Night Football song? Oh, oh, no. That hurts my soul. That hurts my soul, man. I know. That was kind of one of those fucking millennials, man. It's like, right, so it's like <laughs> could have been worse. It could have been the, uh, the All My Rowdy Friends Are Coming Over Tonight. Yeah. It was used for Monday Night Football. Yeah, it was. How many years? You know? <laughs> Until... Bocephus stepped in it. So. Well, there's that. <laughs> Actually, though, no, it that came back though, didn't it? For a I short time, I think it time. did. Yeah, for a short so. time. And and you know, I Carrie think, Carrie Underwood during the Joan Jet did that, and then there was stuff. there. Were, well, actually, okay, we got to. I know we're on. It started out the first year that they had Sunday Night Football. Yes. it was pink. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just for that first year, yeah. and then it was Faith Hill. Was it Faith Hill? Or it was Carrie Faith Underwood? Hill, and then it became, and then they they. Stopped using the I hate myself for loving you that riff that they did, right? And they wrote whatever the new one is, and that was Carrie Underwood. Okay, ever since then, so yeah. But that first year was pink, and I don't okay. know what happened there. Why she didn't come back? Probably because she couldn't keep her mouth well, shut. And, yeah. and and I have a, I have a little uh, a little claim to fame on this, a little uh-huh. history on this, since we talked a little bit about Monday night and Sunday night football. In the city that I live in, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, there is a restaurant called Toots. Yes. It's a chain restaurant. Yes, oh, it's very good. Best yeah, fried pickles. You know, I've never eaten best fried pickles. Best ever. fried pickles ever. However, if you go into the Toots in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and look directly over the bar, you will see the jukebox that was used in the opening sequence for Monday Night Football. The one that kind of spins around and does the whole thing. They got it directly off the set and added it to the restaurant when it first opened. And wow. it's been there ever since. So yeah. I, I love those stupid like tourist trap places and when mm-hmm. I looked up on a list on and saw that I was like yeah I gotta go check this thing out now okay, yeah cool. that's cool and that's awesome. right around the corner from your house yes it is so yeah as we are recording this because this I think it'll be like a week difference when we record it to when it actually Something posts like that. Um, 
two days ago on Thursday night was the kickoff of the NFL football season. For yes, it was. It was a good game until the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I I won a bet on that game. Hey, so I, I had no doubt the it. Bills were going to win that game, and I was yeah. I was happy. Hey, dude, my fantasy. I had two. I had Dave uh, uh, Cooper Cup and uh, Gabe Davis in that team. <laughs> I got like thirty five points oh, between God, the two. Lit it up. <laughs> Actually, no, I got over forty points between the two of them. Anyway, wait, didn't um, it basketball season yet? <laughs> Stop. Uh, but yeah, so you know we are right here at the beginning of a football season. And as a matter of fact, I'm missing watching Alabama football game right now because <laughs> he's going into a nervous yeah, twitch. Anyway, it's all right. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about them at some point. Um, <laughs> well, and I've, so we're going to talk yeah. about football, about some of our favorite moments, moments, yeah. as well as just some iconic stuff that's happened over the years. Um, I have mine broken down into pro and college. Okay. Uh, which one do you want to start off with? Let's start with pro. This is going to yeah, be mainly driven by you two because my college team hasn't really done anything hey, until co- here recently. You know what? My college team is notorious for being a joke until of recent years. So, um, My college team is awesome. Shut up. <laughs> not okay. right now they're not. For, for those of you that, that aren't aware or haven't picked up on it yet, we're all kind of an SEC fan Oh, we're going to get into that. So, um, <laughs> and so you know, for those that are you know Big Ten or Pac Ten or any of those other stuff, we're sorry you have inferior football. God, God bless you, <laughs> but you have to understand when you move into southeastern conference areas, you either football, have to pick an SEC honest. team, yeah. or one will be assigned to exactly. Let's it be becomes honest. a religion. It there's, is a religion. There is, and, the, and, there is the SEC football. And then there's everything else. Well, and that well, is no ifs, sins, buts about it. And if so. you don't pick a team, one will be assigned to you. and it Based off of your location. Well, based off of location and what color shirt you're wearing on the Friday when Fair. college football starts. Fair point. I Fair point. Be, be sure to avoid orange. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, there's uh, like three all, different schools. Yeah, and avoid all of them. Yeah. <laughs> all, avoid all of them. Okay. Well, just to go around the room and here. Yeah, I stole a meme from It's a yeah. Southern yeah. thing. As, as, as Alan mentioned, he is a huge University of Alabama. Roll yeah. motherfucking tide. He is a huge Alabama fan dave to my right is a gigantic kentucky fan i think that's safe to say yeah and mine i know i'm going to get the stink eye from both of you on it i don't care my wife's a fan of this team anchor down baby i am hey, a no, vanderbilt fan dude look my dad went to vandy my uncle went to vandy my yeah. grandfather went to vandy i grew up watching vandy find new ways to lose all yeah. throughout oh, absolutely. the 80s when I my heart was broken. i mean it's yeah so and growing, i always pull for vandy for years, i always pull for them for years i was i i had the 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 ultimate double play of disappointment i was a vanderbilt fan and i was a chicago cubs fan <laughs> that is the double play of disappointment yeah. hey, at least wow the cubs, the cubs you know finally Finally did win a, su- a, uh, oh, a uh, World Series. You know? Wept openly when yeah. it happened, too. But, uh, but and, when, I was, when I was dating Miss Nay, she had season tickets to go see Vanderbilt. She oh, was yeah. going to the football oh, it's games fun. with her friends. That's a lot of yeah. fun. So, yeah. But, you know, we because of the, the where tickets we... tickets are yeah, cheap. Yeah, shut up. Because of where we come from and where, you know, it's kind of special to our hearts. We're all going to have SEC moments, but there are other moments out there. Oh, we and, have... I have... All right, fine. Since we keep talking about college, we'll just start there. All right. The first thing that I have on here. Yes. September 1st, 2007. Okay. At the big house at Michigan. Oh, see. Little Appalachian State rolls in and beats them on a a blocked field goal with time expiring. (laughs) I can automatically see the infamous Amy flipping off everything right now to you because she is a go blue Michigan Wolverine Uh until the day she dies. I remember that because that was that was the first year that I went to Dragon Con. And, and like and too, like man. it was on it in one of the, the the hotel bars and I was like, is this really happening? Yep. Yes. Is this really happening? Yep. Yes. 
are you joking? This is really, holy shit, they blocked the field goal. It's over. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Dave, have you got one? Like I said, this is mainly going to be you guys driving the bus because my team didn't start doing anything football-wise until very, very recently. It's all been basketball. I actually have one for you here. Okay. Uh Yeah, this is going to be insulting. November 9th, 2002. Mm -hmm. LSU versus Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of the Bluegrass Miracle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Marcus Randall. Throw good. <laughs> Two seconds left on the clock. Kentucky's getting ready to win the game. And uh, Marcus Randall hits Devery Henderson over the middle for a touchdown. <laughs> After that, everybody storms the field. And all of a sudden, like, what just happened? Yeah. What just happened? Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. I, yeah. I, I will share one of mine. Like I said, we haven't really done anything recently yeah. until recently. Well, hey, you beat Florida, was it two years ago? Yeah, we finally yeah. broke the streak. And, and you got those really awesome. cool helmets. You beat, too. Uh, what was it? You beat Bama in, was it 06? Like I said, it hadn't been it was something like seven. that. It was, yeah. it was before Saban got there, but yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty it much when, all of it has been during the Stoops era. Yep. Well, I'll, I'll throw one out there for me, and, and this is... Beat UT a few times, too. In yeah. the, in that, Thank you. Yeah. The, thank you, Coach. I, 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 am, I am such a huge fan of the James Franklin era oh, of yeah. Vanderbilt. Yeah, Vanderbilt. I have to throw it out here. 2013, the first time in my entire lifetime that I can recall Vanderbilt beating Tennessee. No, you got that wrong. In my was, lifetime. No, you got that wrong. When was it? Vanderbilt beat UT in 1983. Okay, and the first time that I can remember, Hold I was on. six. Hold on. Because I have this one on here. All right. November 19th, 2005. This is was that 05? Pre, pre-James Franklin. That's the 14 to 10 one? This was the, yes. Vandy, okay, that's Jay, the one I'm thinking Jay of. Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler to Earl uh, Campbell. Yeah, in the, in the, the end zone on a yes. slant with... with yes. And at UT... Mm-hmm. And, and the look on all everybody's of the fans faces. faces were on just a like fourth and on a fourth and goal. What just happened? Like, yeah, it I, was a fourth and goal that they they scored to win the game. I actually and enjoyed. Uh, Renee and I actually went to a Vanderbilt twenty two year or it was twenty two yep. straight losses. Yep. And, <laughs> and I enjoyed watching Jay Cutler mm-hmm. play oh, football at Vanderbilt. Well, he was a beast. You remember earlier that year they took Florida into double overtime. Yes, yep. and they should have won that game in regulation, except for the fact that the officials threw one of their yeah. excessive yeah. excessive uh, celebration yeah. crap that backed them up, so they couldn't go for they couldn't go for two to try to to try to win the game. Yes. So they had to you know, yeah. take it overtime. By the way, before we go too much further into this episode. If you are not a sports fan, I apologize now because this is going to be a lot of sports talk on this one. You may want to skip to the next episode on this one because it's going to be just as cool. But this is one that I think any of us that have that kind of sports drive or those sports moments – you can't really go into the fall season without oh, talking I know. about it's, football. Oh, it's football season. And it's sorry, football season, it is football yeah. season. And and sorry, you you found the the rare instance where the movie and comic book and music geek, <laughs> yeah, podcast are actually Dude, you enjoy know, sports. That, this yeah. is yeah. Um, look, you, you found some, you found once again a, a unicorn within a unicorn. I yes. have a couple of non-SEC okay. big moments. All right, um, let's see if you can pick them out. Okay, or do you have any other? I mean, oh, yeah. I've got a couple, but go ahead. Okay. Um, November 23rd. It's funny how most of these happen like in November. November 23rd, 1984. 84. 
Boston College versus Miami. The Flutie. The, the Flutie Flutie. Flutie. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I remember that. Oh, that freaking midget. Dude. <laughs> he had to leap over his Doug center Flutie to throw it. Took the, it took the took the snap yes. and ran 20 yards backwards to avoid tackles. Yes. And jumped in the air and fired and went over three Miami defenders to drop it in <laughs> to, to and Gerard Fellum. And yeah, <laughs> and, because, and because of that, the Chicago Bears got saddled with that guy for punching. Uh, Flutie flakes were born, folks. Yeah, I Flutie know. flakes were born. Well, Doug Flutie's going to come back up again later. Um, and then I have do, one other. Do we one. need to get him a step stool? I have, I have, I have another one here. A ladder. <laughs> um, with another that that involves another All right. Hall of Fame quarterback. Okay. November twentieth, nineteen eighty two. Eighty two. All right. If I say this, will you know what I'm saying? What I mean. The band is on the field. Oh, USC. <laughs> nope, Stanford and Cal. Cal. It was Cal. Yeah. It was not USC, yes. Uh, the band is on the field. John Elway was a quarterback for yep. Stanford. Yeah. Yep. They kicked a field goal with eight seconds left. Rather than letting the it run all the way down to four seconds, because they wanted to make sure that there was some time left Just in, in case. case there was a there was a miss, you know, um, uh, you know, um, uh, they, they muffed the snap, you right. know. Leaving four seconds left on the clock. Plus, there was there was a penalty for excessive celebration, which meant that Stanford was kicking off from their own twenty five instead of the forty. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there was six laterals <laughs> that happened on this play, the one of which happened millimeters before dudes. Oh, I remember it before his yeah. knee hit the thing, which meant you see that him going the band down. and everybody starts coming out on the field and. They and uh, Cal scored through the band because the runner didn't he like take out a he took out, player. He did or something? take out so in the end zone. Yeah, that I was uh, that. you know, and it was one of those things where there were penalties on the play because not only did the band rush the field, but Stanford players rushed the field, yep. which meant that that was illegal participation. Mm-hmm. And and also, so it was one of those things that one of two things could have happened. They either were going to get an untimed down. From wherever you know, like if they they where or the way the rules were written in that situation, they could have been awarded the touchdown because of outside interference. Yes. Yep. And so, but the thing is, is they they wound up scoring anyway, and so yeah. it was a you know the band is on the yeah that that that's one I hadn't thought about. I, in a yeah, while. I know, but that's again, I remember seeing these. Yes. You know, my dad, because I my dad was always watching college football. You know, so oh, yeah. Back then, also, you only got like one game on Saturday. Well, no, you, know? you usually and got three. Yeah. You got a 12 o'clock, a three o'clock, and then... Because the we only had three state, you know, it was like... You know, right. It was usually CBS was who was covering. He was you usually had CBS or um, there was a NBC local had the Notre Dame game. They always, had it forever. Always had know? the Notre Dame. And ABC always had like USC or um, UCLA or somebody over on the West Coast. Right. I have one more non-SEC. Okay. The 2006 Rose Bowl. USC versus Texas, which is basically Vince Young versus USC versus Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart, and Lindell White. And ran (laughs) rough shot on them. And scored on a fourth and, what was it, a fourth and seven. Mm -hmm. He ran it from like 20 yards out to get into the end zone. And then they held USC, which, you know, USC had two. Heisman Trophy winners on that team. And Matt Leiner had won it the previous year, and Reggie Bush had won it that year. Yep. And Vince Young 
pretty much single-handedly beat him, beat them on his own. <laughs> and God, I really wanted more for Vince Young when he went into the pros. Yeah, but, but you know, story. that's a whole different... Of course, he did wind up coming to the Titans, and yeah, we had to endure that for yeah, a number of years. Anyway. Um, okay, I have one more SEC. All right, well, I got one. All right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Because it's one that's near and dear to my heart, All right. going back to Vanderbilt, of course. Music City Bowl, mm. Vanderbilt versus... Um, I was going to say which one? It's Tennessee. Music City Bowl? Yeah, they played them in the Music City no, Bowl. No, they played them in the Music City Bowl. It was... Uh, they play, No, they played at Titan Stadium. Oh, that's what it was. Because that's the whole deal. Is like They play there instead of Vanderbilt, over at Vandy. Uh, yeah. Vanderbilt played, I think, Northwestern... Or not Northwestern. They played Northwestern one year. They played... Um, but it's... God, that who was, else did they... Again, in my I, lifetime... I, in there. I think oh, they I played Kentucky there once. Mm, don't know on that one. But I just I remember in my have. lifetime, that know. is the yeah. first time that I could ever ever recall Vanderbilt not only making it to a bowl game mm-hmm. but winning, winning a bowl and game. That was when they played Northwestern. Yes. That was. That was yeah. 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 And that was James and that wasn't James that was, Franklin. It was right prior to him. But then James Franklin No, I think it was James Franklin. No, then James Franklin. Maybe that one was. Yeah, but they had gone year. they had gone to a bowl previously. Yeah, and lost. And lost. And actually I think it was the Music City Bowl as a matter of fact. Um Yes, because they, they played the Music City Bowl a couple Twice. of times during that. And then they played down in Birmingham at the, um, what's oh, it called? Uh, uh, whichever bowl. Which I don't think it is. exists any longer. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those things. That they've gone to several. They went to Memphis one year. They played in the Liberty Bowl. You know, yeah. I, that they've they've done a few of them. Uh, but, yeah, that's, you know, I always love to see Vandy do something. I know, man. It's uh, <laughs> but. Um, All right, what's your other one? My other SEC as much as I hate to admit it, I watched this and was thoroughly shocked, was the kick six, the 2013 Iron Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) And that was, it wasn't so much that it was, we lost the game, but it was, we lost the game to Auburn, Mm -hmm. at Auburn, Mm -hmm. on a play that was just, what the hell just happened? Yep. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My my wife has had some... Some family that's gone to Auburn, so mm-hmm. on their behalf, uh, War Eagle. Yeah, well. So. <laughs> but in true Auburn fashion, they won that. They go on to play in the SEC championship. Yes. They win that. And then they go on to lose to FSU with a fourth quarter lead uh, <laughs> in the national yeah, championship because yeah. that's what Auburn does. So it's. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm not picking a side here. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I just wanted to say on behalf of my wife's family. <laughs> War Eagle. Yeah, whatever. All right. So I've got something else here. Okay. Uh, that's I want to talk about SEC dominance. Okay. From 2006 until present. Yes. Okay. This is how it, how it breaks down. Florida won a national championship in 2006 and 2008. Mm-hmm. Auburn won a national championship in 2010. Georgia won a national championship last year in 2021. Yeah, last year, I remember. Alabama won national championships in 2009, 2011, 2012, 2015, 2017, and 2020. Does Nick Saban pay your bills? I mean, hold on. Yeah, he kind of does. <laughs> on top of that, mm-hmm. one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six times mm-hmm. SEC teams have made it to the national championship games and not won. Yeah. Okay. LSU lost to Alabama, Alabama. in 2011. <laughs> Auburn lost to FSU in 2013. Alabama lost to Clemson in 2016. Georgia lost to Alabama in 2017. Alabama 
lost to Clemson in 2018, and then Alabama <laughs> lost to Georgia in 2021. Three different times during that period, the SEC had two teams number, number two ranking, yep. in the national championship game. When you break it down from 2006 to 2021, mm-hmm. there's only been twice that the SEC hasn't had a team in the national championship game. <laughs> I mean, you, that you're is, not wrong. You're and, not wrong. And if yeah. you extrapolate it back to 1998 when the BCS came in, when they finally said, hey, we're going to have number one and number two play for the actual national championship game, there's two more. Tennessee in 98 yeah, and LSU that. in 2003. Yep. So you're talking about from, from 1998 to 2013, the, the era of the BCS, which yes. is like 16 years or something like that. Yeah. The SEC won, dominated it. Won, dominated. Yeah. I mean, just like it was like, no, they just, they dominated all the way through that. So that is, I mean, one of these days, I mean, even, I mean, yeah, I know Alabama has a bunch of these, but right. just looking at all of the teams from the SEC that have won <laughs> national titles, you know, going to 98 all the way through, but especially from 2006, just the run that happened in there. On top of it all, look at this. I'm going to go back to my team here. Between, 20, between 2015 and 2021, there's only one year that Alabama didn't play in the national championship, and that was in 2020 or 2019. I'm starting to think the only reason we did this episode was so that he could brag on his team. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hijack it from him for okay. just a moment here, because there is one that I'm gonna give a shout out to the infamous Amy on this, okay. because she is the biggest Jim Harbaugh fan on the planet. Uh, we can't all be perfect. Absolutely loves the man, and. I didn't truly gain an, an understanding of who he was, what kind of person he is, what kind of stuff he does until we went to the um, the College Football Hall of Fame down in Atlanta, mm-hmm. which, by the way, if you ever all have a chance to oh, check yeah. it out, it yes, is absolutely. so much fun. If you are a college football fan of any kind, go check it out. They literally have something for every team in the NCAA. It's really cool. But they did a whole opening of a little movie thing, and it was Harbaugh speaking. And I looked over as we're watching this, and she is like openly weeping because it was just so poignant to her. So I got to give a big shout out to when Harbaugh last year and the Michigan Wolverines destroyed Ohio State. Yeah, it only took him like what six years to finally. You win know that what? Game. <laughs> it only takes one bullet, man. It only takes one bullet to put down a monster. That's all I got to say. And, you know, it was just so much fun to watch that and see it kind of through her eyes and that growth of that team and how much they were, like, supporting one another. You know, Hassan Haskins is now a Tennessee Titan. I'm happy about it. Aiden Hutchinson, God bless you, son. I hope you do really, really well up in Detroit because they're going to need as much help yep. as they can get. But I, I, I just really made me happy to kind of watch the, the progression of that team and kind of watch it through another eyes because I'll be honest, I never watched – a lot of Big Ten or Pac-10 or, you know, any of these other types of conferences because we're SEC. Yeah. We grew up that's in SEC. That's, that's what you watch, football. you know. Right. It's like, <laughs> and so watching these. Wait, they play football outside I the South? Say the, uh, well, you know, is there, well, they play in Hawaii because that's where Vandy just went and kicked butt. But yeah. Like story. I said, they play football outside of the South. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, 
but well, yeah, USC. We just talked about the Trojans. The band is on the field. But anyway. Um, no, so, you still got that wrong. I know. That's I Cal. And then, Cal. Yeah. I was going to say, the Trojans, that was that band that backed up Fleetwood Mac in that video, right? Right, it was. You're it not was wrong. USC band. You're and not the wrong. Tusk, yeah. But, um, <laughs> and the Pac-12 has already been eliminated from any contention <laughs> whatsoever this year. So it's We're a, not even going to discuss the Sun Belt. <laughs> but anyway, um, the, it was just, it, it really was. It was a lot of fun to sit there and watch. And, you know, even if you're not a football fan, even if you, you don't really have a tie to a specific school or whatever, you know what? Find a helmet that you like. Find one yeah. that you think is pretty. And you just know, watch it and, and, and see how they play on this. I it's, have told this story mm-hmm. on here before. I'm going to tell it again. The reason that I am an Alabama fan is because of the television show BJ and the Bear. Oh. <laughs> when I was a kid, I loved that show. And you know why the bear, the bear, the monkey was named, named the bear? bear? He Bryant. was named after Bear Bryant. Who coached at Kentucky before he I know, coached I know. anywhere else. I always loved I knew you were going to You know, he was also there. at Texas A&M, and he was at Duke at one point. Yeah, he was so, at Kentucky I mean, before was he was a, at Texas A&M. So, so moving on to So if, if, a, if, if Bear Bryant and Adolph Rupp had gotten along... We wouldn't be talking about the Junction Boys. And but we they be didn't. talking about Alabama. But they and didn't. And <laughs> so you know, it's a, I want to hear my thank you. I want to hear uh, my thank you. Because uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. you had so much to do with that. So. Moving on. Pro teams. All right. What are some of your favorite pro football 1985. Moments? The Bears? 1985. Mm-hmm. And all of the There has been since. no joy in Chicago since. No, there has not been. <laughs> There's been no good quarterback in Chicago since. No, that's not true. We had a good quarterback. Jay Cutler. Right. Jay Cutler. But that frigging uh, administration had no idea what to do with him. Uh, they had. They didn't know how to. Not only did they have Jay Cutler, they also had Brandon Marshall. Yep. And Alshon Jeffrey, yep. as well as um, something Rex, um, not Rex Grossman. No, that was before that. Yeah. He yeah. did get them to a Super Bowl. I yeah. give him that, but that was a whole other thing. And Rex Go- Rex Grossman, even when he was back playing for Florida, mm-hmm. was a walking injury getting ready to happen. I mean, that's <laughs> but, all it was. But here's the but thing. no, what, what was Chicago the guy's did, name? What um, Chicago didn't the have tight end that was played a, Olson. Greg Olson was Olson. there. Yeah. How do you not? Lead the league in passing in you, that situation. You, you don't have a coaching staff exactly. with they a playbook that knows what to do with the excellent players that they have. Right. So eighty-five bears, eighty-five bears. I mean, it's it's hard to we argue are with the that bears. as much. Shuffling crew, yeah. Shuffling well, exactly. Like when your entire team has a nickname, I mean, right. that kind of says it right there. You know, you could talk about Walter Payton, you could talk about Refrigerator Perry, you could talk about Jim McMahon, Mongo McMichael, Mike Singletary, Mike Singletary. I mean, you know, yeah, this I mean, goes it, on and it, on. It, it uh, just, Jeff um, Fisher, oh, Fisher. Yeah. yeah, Jeff he Fisher was, on that, was on that team. Yeah, he got injured, and so he didn't actually play. No, during but he was still in a ring. I know he got a ring. He got a ring from it. But you know, it's it, we are the original New England Patriot haters. Well, you're Fair not enough. wrong. You're not wrong, dude. And you I destroyed mean, them. Man. Yeah, I mean, that was a, about it, of course they, that was kind of the thing they did there for a while. They got destroyed by the Bears, and you, you fast forward eleven years, they got destroyed by the Packers, yeah. and it's just kind well, of yeah, a, all right. Well, it's kind of funny because if you think about during our era, there were a lot of different teams that became, and I I shudder to use this phrase because of what it's been bastardized to mean now. America's team? No, it's the Dallas Cowboys is America's uh, team. Don't even give me that. We will talk about them. Uh, <laughs> do we have to? Yes, we will. Anyway, but if you think about it, you know, starting from 85, after that, you had the, the Orange Crush. You had, yep. you know, Elway and, and Previous that. to that, I mean, you had the you had the Steel Curtain. I mean, well, it yeah, was, but I, mean, I mean, that's, there was, oh, yeah. about it, though, of our era, be honest, that's really when you started developing a taste for football. It was your opinions, your point of views. Somewhere. It was right there. around that 85, 86 era. Hey. So you had that. Then you had Elway. Then you had Montana. You know, when I was a little kid. 
I had Roger Stallback pajamas. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I mean, I've been a Cowboys fan for right, right. long back. Let's as I can get remember. into the Cowboys. Let's not. I, I don't even have. I mean, I only have like one thing on them because here. Well, I mean, pro football. Here's the things that I have because okay. we were talking right. about kind of big stuff. Is it the know, time Leon Lett got pulled over and you know coming out of Mexico with like all the drugs, all the drugs, all the drugs, drugs Mexico. from Mexico? I know. It's Apparently, a- <laughs> he won a win your weight and weed competition or something. I don't know. No, but I have some other. You know, um, I went back to Super Bowl forty two, the David Tyree catch. Okay, you all know right. uh, that. I think as time has worn on and Tom Brady just refuses to go away and keeps winning Super Bowls, mm-hmm. that this kind of gets... But that was the first time that they lost a Super Bowl. Yeah. And they lost to a team that had to win to get into the playoffs and then basically just had to keep winning. Yeah. And even in the NFC Championship, most people forget that game was spectacular. It was against the Packers in Green Bay yep. in sub-zero weather that went into overtime. Before yeah. they finally won it, you don't I go mean, to the it frozen was, tundra and yeah. not expect to you know be hurting exactly. Too. And it's one of those things that you know that Tyree catch is the thing that everybody looks at because it was it was a thing you know the Patriots got to to Eli Eli right. Manning okay, but didn't wrap him up, and yeah. so he got away. And threw the ball, and Tyree caught it off of his helmet and fell down with it. The helmet catch. That was, you know, it was a third down, you know, and I think it was third and eight or something like that. But the thing is, is that there was more to that sequence. Okay, there was another third down that um, that they to uh, I think it was to Steve Smith, if I'm not mistaken. That was not as spectacular of a catch, but as big of a thing to keep that drive going because they're under two minutes. I mean, they're they're like when they got the ball back, I think there was like a minute forty two left or something like that. And then it was Plaxico Barres who caught the touchdown mm-hmm. with seconds left on the clock that yeah, won it. You know, so it's one of the things that Tyree catch set up all of that. Right. But the other thing that gets left out is the fact that all your this the Patriots were eighteen and zero running into this. Yeah. Okay. They had put up. They were the most prolific offense the NFL had ever seen. They, they set what, the multiple se- records. You know, Randy Moss had the most touchdowns in a season. Yep. I mean, just all these records, just blah 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 blah, and the Patriots are at, and the Giants game plan the perfect defense. Yeah. They to shut keep them down them, to to like shut keep them. them yeah. I mean, to where it was. It was what seventeen fourteen was the final score or something. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and that's all it took. You know. So, Dave, what's one of your favorite memories? I already Our told moments. you my favorite memory. Well, it's 1985. <laughs> it's all I have. You've got one more. It's all I, I know have. of. Um, well, I'm reserving the right to to, to claim the last one. The, I think you the, guys know what I'm going to choose. Yeah, only, I've got it on here. The too. only other football thing that I really remember is growing up, Dad was a huge Dallas fan. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was a more more over than that. He was a Landry fan. Okay. Um, so I was actually being raised as a Cowboys fan. Because that's good parenting. And then Jerry <laughs> Jones happened. Yeah, yeah. And what? And what they did to Landry upset Dad bad enough that he quit watching football, mm-hmm. and he did not watch another pro football game for as long as I can remember. Yeah. After that, I mean, he went from being a, a Dallas fan to. I am done with this. As, I have nothing more to say about it. As a Dallas Cowboys, lifelong Dallas Cowboys fan, I understand that I was pissed off about it too when it happened. Well, but you know what turns that around? 
winning Super Bowls. <laughs> well, that's what opened the door for me to become a Chicago Bears fan because yeah. we went from which is funny considering that like Landry was fired in '89 and the Bears happened in '85. So I mean, that's <laughs> well, I'll throw I'll throw a couple of them. I'm just saying. Okay, you know, I know. There's there's a couple of them that I have that are just those those moments, right? Those absolute moments. Some of them happened on the field. Some of them happened off the field. Mm-hmm. And one that I'm going to throw out that happened off the field. Um, Monday Night Football, December 1980. Oh, John Lennon. Hearing, yeah, I, I remember this vividly. I'm like four years old, and I'm watching this game with my dad. And they come on, and Howard Cosell, of all people, mm-hmm. is the one that announced it was a Monday Night Football game. It, it was, was Miami, and uh, I forget who that. I want to say it was. It was, but yeah, yeah. He, yeah I remember it was Miami that John Lennon had been killed. He had announced yeah. that John Lennon had been killed and started breaking up mm-hmm. started tearing up on his broadcast yeah that was the first time that i ever saw my dad just start to lose it just because of the fact that here is howard cosell the most stalwart person the most polarizing i i honestly say announcer of all time mm-hmm. you either love this man oh yeah or yeah, you yeah. absolutely hated him and this was the first time that really made him human to everyone and it just it was this weird magical moment that you know it caused the world to stop so yeah that's that's one moment that i will always have thanks for bringing the entire thing down barry (laughs) however yeah i do remember watching a show where they were talking about the top 100 moments of of football in Mm -hmm. history and i i (laughs) they interviewed several players and all of them said the number one ranked one the three sweetest words in all of professional football are Montana to rice. rice. Yeah, yeah, that's um. Uh, you do not get. It's true. Oh my gosh, that that from like the eighties into the nineties. Oh, dude, that he came into the super. To, I mean, he came in. It wasn't his rookie season, but it was the second year. Yes. Montana that Montana Rice. took them to the Super Bowl and won. That and, and of course and did it three more times. Let's let's take a minute to talk about the drive. <laughs> yeah, the drive. I mean, that's still hearing the story. But it wasn't Rice he threw it to. No, it was it, was, um, uh, Rod, it wasn't Roger Craig. It was um, um, I can't think of who it was. But um, it was the whole point of the drive though was not who caught the ball. No, the point was that they were down. It was against the Bengals, wasn't it? Yes, and they were down this by like four, with just like less than a minute yeah. left to play in the game, and they've got to drive basically the length of the entire field. Yeah, they had to go from the two yard line. Everybody is yards. just completely exhausted. No, I take that back. I'm thinking about the Elway. That was 98 yards. Yeah. It was inside the 10. Though. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it was crazy. But I, I remember hearing the stories of everybody getting in the huddle. They're exhausted. They're worn down. I remember this. And one. Montana, God love Joe Montana, looks at the end zone, points, and says, hey, isn't that John Candy? Mm-hmm. And everybody starts <laughs> cracking up laughing. And that was just enough to loosen them up to be able to get them to put that drive. And they put together the best drive yes. in the history of football. One, one of them. Oh. Uh, that, the Elway drive against the, the Elway drive uh, was, against was the classic. Browns no doubt. is no doubt know, that but, that's the I mean, other you know that's the ninety eight yards oh. you know and um I have one that's spectacular for its own reasons because there is some off the field stuff that goes under this okay, okay. um Monday night football uh, September twenty fifth twenty twelve okay okay going into this season the NFL 
and the uh, referees. Is that the lockout years? No. Okay. The NFL and the referees were having a problem negotiating, and so the referees went on strike. So they brought in scrubs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This Monday yes. night football game was in Seattle. It was Green Bay versus Seattle. And there had and this was in week two, I think, either week, either week two or week three. And there had been so many blown calls up to this point. Everybody's like, look, we got to do something. Something has got to be done to, like, to, to end the strike, okay? Mm-hmm. This was the thing that ended the strike. <laughs> With just a few seconds left on the clock, Russell Wilson drops back, heaves it to the end zone. Golden Tate goes up to get the ball to come down for the game-winning touchdown. Except that's not what happened. No. First thing that happened, the ball's in the air. Packers defender comes over. Golden Tate obviously pushes the dude to the ground, which is offensive pass interference, yes. no flag. Second defender comes up as the ball is coming in. They both go up to catch it. The defender obviously grabs the ball and comes down with it in bounds, but but Golden Tate gets his hands on the ball as well. They come down both in bounds, roll out of bounds. Two refs come up. One calls it incomplete. One calls it a touchdown. I remember this. Okay, well, first off, it was not an incomplete pass. It was an interception, okay? But they got together and talked about it and awarded the touchdown to Golden Tate. <laughs> and when they came back to the Monday night, like they're on the field, yep. Steve Young yes. had one of the most pissed-off looks I, I have this. ever seen in my life to where he could barely talk yep. he was so incensed on how badly this thing was botched and two days later they announced that the, their referee strike was over <laughs> whatever you guys want we can't have this anymore all right so i'm gonna crack the seal since we're getting close to wrapping up here i'm gonna crack the seal i've got three from my beloved tennessee titans okay one of them is music city miracle we're gonna get to that okay i know it's a the first one actually happened recently. I think it was like last year, two years ago, something along those lines, where Marcus Mariota catches his own pass for a touchdown. That was in 2014. 2015. Oh, no, it was 20. Yeah, it was against Kansas City. Yes. He throws the ball, it gets deflected, it, gets it comes back. up in the air, and he catches his own and pass. And runs it in for a touchdown. And runs it in for a yep. touchdown. Yep. All of us were sitting there looking at one another like, what did I we know, just I know. see? Titans won that game, too. Talk yes, about, they did. Talk uh, about another quarterback that the team didn't know what to do with. Yeah. Well, we'll see I mean, what he can do in Atlanta this yeah, year. So. I, yeah. I, I wish him well. I really do because he didn't do much in 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 Vegas. Well, you know, he played so. for he played for Pac-12. Team. Well, I'm true. sure what he expects. Well. So. Oh. <laughs> Along those same lines, and actually, I'm going to do a one A 1A and a one B okay. because they kind of go hand in hand. We cannot talk about recent Tennessee Titans football without talking about the Derrick Henry stiff arm. Which one? <laughs> is it, does it matter? No, no. Oh, we're talking about Derrick Henry. About- the Derrick Henry Swift yeah. arm, which is like every game he puts well, that's somebody in. That's his new nickname is the stiff arm. Well, no. The that, better one, I think, was against the Ravens. Oh, no, no, no. no, the no, no the no, Bills no. where he grabs the guy and literally slings him out of the way? No, 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 no. I'm going to argue with you on this one. All right. In the playoff games, uh, what was the the safety that was kept, that kept running his mouth going into that, that divisional oh, game? Oh, um, crap. I know you're talking about You know, they played for the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, blah, 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 blah. Derrick Henry breaks a run off to the right-hand side, going down the sideline. This dude comes running up, and Henry basically grabs him and uses him as a blocker against yeah. his own guys the Rode entire like time. like a sled. Yeah. It was awesome. And it's like it stiff arms four guys over the course of about a yeah. 50-yard run. <laughs> the man's a beast. There's no doubt the man's a beast. Of course, you can also talk about the Derrick Henry 99-yard run against 
Hopkins, oh, uh, the Jaguars. I mean, we could we could spend that an entire was, episode just talking about Derrick yeah, Henry. I, yeah, but, we really could. So. I mean, that guy is Dude, just a phenom. We could talk about so many guys like that, though. I mean, not. Ju- I mean, of course, we're talking about the you know our our, right. but you know. Emmett Smith, oh. you know, we could talk about Peyton, Peyton, uh, yeah, dude, Barry Sanders, Barry Sanders. We could talk about Adrian Peterson. Adrian, oh God, I yes. mean, there are so many of those guys, dude. Go back. We can even talk about Earl Campbell, Went Chris back, Johnson. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's crazy. Some of these runs that oh, these yeah. guys do. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so there's two, and and, and I'm going to finish on the one that you mentioned, yeah. but the one prior to that is what happened afterwards. This still stings every time I say these words. One yard. Shorts. <sighs> okay, you want to know what the problem is with that? Yeah, I, there's a lot of problems. With well, that, no, the whole thing is that if if Steve McNair had just held on to the ball and run it, he could have walked into the end oh, zone. Easily, <laughs> easily. But, but he was trying to win the game. Kevin Dyson, yeah, Dyson, one, one yard, yard, short, you know. And God love him, he was stretching out at the very end of it, trying to get well, it out there. Look, but, if on the previous, if, if after the Titans had scored to tie the game, okay. If they could have just stopped Isaac Bruce. Oh, yeah. I mean, literally, if they could have just, like, if two of the defenders hadn't have fallen down in the vicinity of where Isaac Bruce was for him to get that long touchdown, we're not talking about that situation. Oh, I agree. agree. You know, or if Javon Curse had gotten a hold of Kirk, of, uh, um, Kurt um, uh, Warner. Warner, he had his hand on him yeah. as he let the ball go. Yeah, another half second, and and that's a sack. Yeah. You know, so, so but but yeah. I, I really want to talk about that Super Bowl for just a moment because. I can honestly say, even though I did not like the results of that Super Bowl, that was a great Super Bowl. That was quite possibly the best Super Bowl to watch as far as from the game perspective. It was literally back and forth the entire time. It was so much so that you could see the guys in Vegas getting nervous because nobody knew who the hell right. to pull for right, on right. this one. It was just it, you know, well, it was a split. You can also say the same thing about the fourth quarter of the uh, um, the Patriots. Uh, Carolina Panthers game. Oh yeah, two thousand four. Yeah, 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 the yeah, 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 yeah. Janet Jackson game. You know? Yeah. Because the thing is, is that like neither team did anything for three quarters, yeah, and then, all and then in the fourth quarter there was an explosion of of like well, what the hell just happened? You well, know, where did all these points come from? You know, just or the, right, the you know? Falcons choking on them on that one Super Bowl, oh, but we're not going to talk about yeah, that. That one. was all right, hmm. and. To summarize, to finish, to wrap it all up. Oh no, we're still more. Oh well, if you're gonna do it, then go ahead and do it because I, I got I've got one Titans in here. All right. Uh, November twenty eighth, twenty ten. Twenty ten. All right. What is Cortland Finnegan versus Andre Johnson? Oh, God. <laughs> Yikes! I forgot about that, dude. That fight on the field. Yes. <laughs> and they both got tossed. <laughs> Because Andre Johnson was a pretty mild mannered dude. He was. Okay, he didn't he didn't talk a lot. He was he was one of those dudes. He went out and he just bawled. That's all yeah. he did. He but would just go out Finnegan there and could get up underneath. And Cortland oh. Finnegan could get up under your skin like nobody's business. I yep. have met Cortland Finnegan back in this era. He's only like five foot. Yeah, 10. he's not a big you know, maybe, dude at all. Maybe maybe weighed one hundred ninety five pounds. Still a head taller you know? than you. Fuck off. Uh, but it's one of those <laughs> things where he like. And Johnson was like what six two, six three, or something yeah. like that. He was a pretty big, pretty big dude. And Finnegan was just not intimidated by anybody. No, no, he was a bulldog. Yeah, you know, and he was, he was an like what? Bulldog. He was what a sixth or seventh round pick. It was one of those guys something that like was, yeah, that like they found they was kind of those diamonds in the rough that the Titans had a found chip on his shoulder and played had, that way. Had to prove everything. Now the thing that I love is the capper on the end of this mm-hmm. when Finnegan retired. 
because he it was one of those things that you know, he was going, I forget what year it was, it was a few years after yeah, this. It years and after. it was one of those things he was like, Hey, I'm announcing my retirement on Twitter, you know, it was great. I enjoyed our blah 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 blah. And then at the very end of it, he goes, Oh yeah, and Andre Johnson's still a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. I have one more. All right, you do yours and then we'll finish up on this. Well, yeah, I have one more for the pros right here. All right. <laughs> October eighteenth, nineteen ninety four. Okay. Um, Deion Sanders has left the, the uh, oh, Atlanta Falcons and signed a contract with the San Francisco 49ers, and they're coming back to Atlanta to play for the first time. Oh, and who is he lining up against on the other opposite side? Andre Risen, who the two of them never got along in the four years they played together, and they both had a lot to say about each other going yep. into this game. Yep. And again, fist flew oh, yeah. <laughs> in the second quarter. Oh, I remember this. See, I have family that live in Fort Myers, Florida. Yeah. And that's that's where Deion Sanders was from. Yeah. You know, big Florida State guy and everything. But just uh, when you first heard him coming on the scene and he's, you know, Playing baseball, yeah, football, double sport and doing guy, the whole you know. double sport, and I mean, he was he was good. I mean, he, he was, was really def- good. He was yeah. good in both, and you know, he wasn't quite Bo Jackson. He wasn't good, quite but, Bo you know. Jackson, but nobody's quite Bo Jackson. No, I mean, no. let's be honest. You know, it's a- I mean, nobody's gonna you know go breaking legs or anything. So, <laughs> yes. uh, but uh, or ending careers, I should say. But it's- let's let's break that down for a second. Okay, the way that that happened, it wasn't that Bo, Bo Jackson broke his leg. Okay, it was that he was running. And he got tackled from behind, and the force that he was exerting with his legs was so great that he popped his own, uh, his uh, the, the hip, you know. Where mm-hmm. the, the, you're talking about Bosworth? No, I'm talking about Bo Jackson. This is what ended his career in football. Oh, oh, I was talking about he, him the ending, force, yeah. the force of his yeah. of his running, you know, like the the force of his legs running was so great that he pulled his own leg out of socket. Yes. Yeah. And wound up uh, uh, bursting that uh, that the bursa sac that the bur- yeah that was inside of that and ended his football career right there because yeah. he was running with such force oh yeah you know he was that's, a train yeah the whole Bosworth oh, like running I, right over I top of him in the end zone literally drove yeah. him back into yeah, the end that's, zone was uh, running him back to the bus you yeah know? pretty much so but all right let's talk about it the Music January eighth two thousand yes yes. Yes, or as they like to call it in Buffalo, the home run throwback. It's called home run throwback. No, it is called the Music City Miracle. Well, sir. but the the play is called the home run throwback. I, I, uh, it was a which lateral. is really funny because the, the whole thing with this is that like Kevin Dyson wasn't even supposed to be on the field. No, he wasn't. He was in because uh, who was it? Was it? Derek Mason was injured. Like he he like couldn't come in. He was supposed to be the. I, I think, think it was Derek it was. Mason yeah. was supposed to be the guy to catch the ball. Um, also, the fact that Lorenzo Neal was not supposed to get the ball. Nope. But the way that it was kicked, it got to him. He hands it off to Wycheck, and then Wycheck throws it back. Yes. Okay. Um, and I cannot remember how many times they had to reshow dude, that pass to show that it was an actual what is, lateral, what is so not a forward funny. pass. Okay, first off, that game is terrible. Oh, it's a horrible Eddie game. George, Eddie George fumbled twice. Okay, well, it's one he, of those things that it should have run never, well either. There no, wasn't good passes. There was a games. whole bunch of stuff. There was controversy going into it because Doug Flutie, again, going back to that, yep. had been the starter. And they put in, um, oh, was it Doug Christie? It something Christie, not Doug Christie, something Christie. That, that was like their Steve, guy, Steve, Steve Christie. Christie, who was supposed to be their quarterback of the future. Yep. And he had played in the final game of the season and done well mm-hmm. because they had already locked up their division. They didn't really, you know, and he had done well. And they're like, okay, well, let's run with him. So they started him instead of Doug Flutie. 
and then all of this happened. Now they played well. You know, this they they still, you know, you gotta remember this ninety nine Bills team still had a lot of remnants of those Bills teams from the early nineties, you know, like uh, I think Thurman Thomas was still with them, yeah. and I, I most definitely uh, Bruce Smith was still with them. Oh yeah, them. Bruce Smith was, still you know, there. and several of those guys. So it was one of those things. There were still elements of that that were that were still hanging hanging out. But I honestly believe that had Doug Flutie played in that game, there might have been a much different outcome. Oh, very because possible. He had played well all season long. Very possible. I mean, um, but it's just the idea that. This was really the first time that the established Tennessee Titans, mm-hmm. not the Houston well, Oilers, no. not the Tennessee Oilers. This was the first season of the Tennessee right, Titans. Right, that's what I'm saying. Okay. This is the first time that they had actually... This was the first time Adelphia Stadium had been open. Yes. That literally, this was their inaugural season here. And they Yes, they had played the playoffs, a year yeah. prior at Vanderbilt as the Tennessee Oilers. Yes. But that was not what the Tennessee Titans right. would be. You know? But it was just that idea of, you know constantly getting crap for several years because a team moved and it's yeah like, i know you know, plus why, it was houston why do you want to call yourselves the tennessee oilers there's no oil in tennessee know, and which like, there oh, is you know, but not as much as texas you know <laughs> but it's just one of those things and it was just that to me that was our defining moment right. that was us saying you know what we're legit yep we know and how to play this run, game made a run to the super bowl and made a know? run and came up one yard short yep. but <laughs> and owned the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh God, yes. <laughs> so I just happened to think of another one while we were talking about the Bills, and I'm going to throw it out there. Okay. One name, and you're going to know exactly who I'm talking about when I say this name, because he is... Norwood, Scott Norwood. Scott Norwood. <laughs> Scott Norwood. Wide right. Wide, yeah. And you know, it's sad because he had been a great kicker all oh, yeah. season long, and he missed that one. But that's what you know. I know, I know. And what's so funny is that, like... We don't know his name quite as well as say Ray Finkel, uh, but it's still one of those things. <laughs> Laces where, out, yeah. What you know? Again, the movie Buffalo '66 yes. is about him wanting to go kill. It is wanting, yeah. wanting to go kill Scott Norwood, and he was also a joke in the X Files. Yes, you know where Mulder says something about you know he's harder. This person's harder to find than Scott Norwood. Well, you know? that, and of course <laughs> they talked about um, what was it the 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 chain, cigarette smoking man. When they were in charge of everything, mm-hmm. why do you think the Bills have never won the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they made that same joke. I know, and I was like, God love them. You know, but you got to look at that Bills team: four straight Super Bowl appearances and, and lost all of them. every single time. Which is going to get us into my last one. All right, nineteen ninety-two. I'm just talking about the year nineteen ninety-two here because I was I graduated high school that year. Okay, okay. That was the year we're talking about thirty years ago. Right, right now. That fall of 1992, I watched my favorite college team win a national championship for the first time in 13 years mm-hmm. in Alabama under Gene Stallings. Mm-hmm. Okay, Not only did they win a national championship that year, they beat Miami, who basically had been the team to beat for the last 10 years. Right. I mean, they were amazing. Um, also, one of the greatest non-plays to ever happen. Okay. Uh, George Teague stripping Lamar Thomas. Oh yeah, yeah. And the whole thing is that there was a there was a penalty on the on yep. the, so it didn't actually happen. But had he not stripped that ball, it would have been there. They would have they would they would have they would have declined the penalty and it would have been there in Bama territory, like deep in Bama yep. territory. But and George Teague actually comes back into something here in a minute as well. Okay. okay. But also my favorite football team in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys, started a dynasty that year. Mm. So, yeah, I graduated I graduated high school. 
I watched both my favorite football teams win championships. Right. Oh, yeah, and I also watched Christian Leitner beat Kentucky in the, uh, the wow. semifinals of oh. the national title game for the... <laughs> Shouldn't have been on the floor. He should have been ejected from the game. You are on... And you can suck it. Damn. You've been sitting on that one, I haven't was. you? <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Sit your big butt back down. Uh, one other little thing here. Yeah, um, George Teague yes. wound up uh, playing for the Dallas Cowboys later in his career, mm-hmm. and in 2000, George Teague is the dude that laid out Terrell Owens whenever he went and spiked oh, the football yeah, in the middle yeah, of the yeah, star. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> like how I was holding on to that one. <laughs> you can suck it. <laughs> Oh so I think God. we've talked enough football now. Yeah, we better Dad, get out of here Dave, before Dave Dave's goes, really angry. So. <laughs> He's about to go feral here. Uh, Dave, can you say goodbye? <laughs> Keep it up and you're going to get a Waffle House yeah, napkin dispenser yeah, to the forehead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, listen, we've talked <clears throat> a lot about a lot of things on we this have. episode. Write us. Hit us up on Discord. Tell us some of your favorite moments or your most memorable moments. They don't necessarily have to be your favorite. They could be something that just sticks in your mind that you're never going to forget. Football <laughs> moments, something you shared with a family member. And by everything that I'm sitting here looking, it looks like we're probably going to see Alabama lose to Texas. So it's <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for your There comments. is a God. Anyway. We'll um, see what happens. What you get for your comment. <laughs> so. so, But yes, send us emails. Hit yeah, us up on Discord. Tell us about your favorite. I mean, we, we, we're having fun with this. I oh, mean, yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, I... Uh, I am a big Alabama fan. I have a big, you know, but I don't take it as seriously as a lot of other fan, oh, no. their fans do. Where it's like, no, dude, I get it. Hey, when other when other teams win, I'm like, good job, good job, you did it. You yeah. know, that's awesome. You know, and some of that might come from just winning so much that you kind of get. To, and I'm not doing it as a humble brag, but I mean, <laughs> it really is kind of one of those like, you know, yeah, no, good. I'm glad. I was really happy to see Georgia win last year. You yeah, know? I'm sorry, Barry. Uh oh. <laughs> 45 to 25. Oh. Wake Forest. Yeah, I figured, yeah not, I figured Wake Forest was going to be dominating today. So, yeah. Yeah, well. Well, Bama's getting the ball back with a minute 34, so i got to go watch this <laughs> game. And, uh, They're only up by a point. Uh, two points. No, my. Texas is up by two. Would uh, you wrap this up they just, already? They just kicked a field goal. So, uh, so yeah, my name is Alan Smith. I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And I'm Barry. <laughs> and we will see you next time for something that's not sports related. Suck it. <laughs> Later. Later.